Her educational background includes a research master in clinical and cognitive neuroscience from Maastricht University that has sparked in her a lifelong passion towards psychology and neuroscience. She has completed her bachelor's in biotechnology, chemistry and geology from Christ University, Bengaluru. Both of these specializations have cumulatively ignited in her a drive for a scientific and evidence-based outlook. And coming from a privileged background in a country with stark class and caste inequalities has uniquely positioned her to appreciate the tremendous responsibility she has towards the community and the society at large. She is currently working with South India AIDS Action Programme as a program officer, working on a project that focuses on adolescent mental health in low-income communities in Chennai city based out of India. At this point, Kavya is very keen on exploring and researching intersectional mental health practice, especially among marginalized communities that have long been denied access to the same. This seems to be a lot of passion. In fact, it requires a lot of commitment and dedication to be part of social projects. So in today's episode, let us learn more about Kavya's passion towards better community. Hello. Hi there. Welcome to the Guiding Voice podcast series. The Guiding Voice for a Better Future. This podcast is to help professional students, IT employees, and entrepreneurs to shape their careers. Dear listeners, in every episode, we interact with industry experts or academicians or coaches or thought leaders across the globe to drive some insightful conversations that will help each one of you learn great things. Also, we share an interesting trivia or a fun fact about the IT world or technology towards the end. So stay tuned till the end. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is your host, Naveen Samala, and I have about 18 years of rich and diverse experience in the world of IT. And today, we are going to discuss a topic, career options in social work. And I'm extremely pleased to have Kavya part of TGV's journey in shaping the careers and lives of millions across the globe. Kavya, welcome to TGV. Shall we get started? Thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited to be part of uh, TGV's program and I can't wait to get started. All right. I think that is so fascinating. And for the benefit of TGV audience, this is the first time we are interviewing a second generation guest. Kavya's mom, Soumya Narayanan, was featured last year, wherein she spoke about the art of communication. And in fact, it is still among the top 10 episodes in the history of TGV. And I'm very glad to have Kavya as well part of TGV's journey. Thank you to Kavya as well as Soumya. Thank you so much. All right. So Kavya, this social service, right, it is very intensive. And as I mentioned earlier, it requires a lot of commitment, dedication, focus. Because in today's world, wherein people are running behind money, fame, success, so on and so forth. And by looking at your career journey, looks like you are from life sciences background. But what made you shift from the life sciences to this very noble humanitarian sector? So, yes. So I have been part of the life science for all my life. 
so I did my bachelor's in biotechnology, chemistry, and zoology from Christ University. And then I decided to specialize in neuroscience from Maastricht University. And both of those experiences have given me a lot of interest and passion for psychology and neuroscience. And I've learned a lot about the subject and I am going to be a lifelong learner of the subject. But I knew that somewhere in the pursuit that I was uh, lacking something, a larger purpose for why I was learning what I was learning and for what I wanted to do with my life and my career. And so I decided that I was going to make this Transition, it's a huge transition for me, but I think it feels right, it feels perfect. So when I was back in India, I interned with a couple of mental health organizations, and now I'm as part of my role as program officer. I work with low-income communities here in Chennai, and it's been very, very rewarding. I think I always have wanted to be part of something bigger, and I know that these communities have been underserved for the longest time, and I'm so glad to be I'm um, doing what I am doing right now. See, your passion and your smile speaks it all in, in terms of how committed you are towards being in the humanitarian sector. But I'm very curious because the Zen Zs and the Centennials, the so-called Centennials, they can earn like massive income just by getting into IT or getting into any of the most happening sectors like biotechnology, genome and DNA mapping. There are so many things which can be pursued, right? But you have chosen this humanitarian sector. So can you also share with our audience what kind of career opportunities are available in the humanitarian sector? Right. So actually, uh, initially I found it a little weird that, that we even have a social impact sector separately, right? Ideally, all of the sectors we have should be geared towards social change. And uh, I know we're still moving towards that. So I feel like, you know, this podcast, I think we are already inviting um, students and professionals from different sectors to make sure that their professions are geared towards social change. So I feel like that's that's really important and I want everyone to be cognizant of that. But apart from that, I think that, of course, we all need money. We're not going to deny that. We need money to sustain ourselves. But we also need people around us. So we thrive in community. And I think when we see that there are people in our community who don't have the same privileges as us, I think we would be naturally inclined towards making their lives better. I think that's one of my key uh, passions and why I want to be working in the humanitarian sector in the first. So. Great. I think what are the career opportunities in the humanitarian sector? So it's a long list and I don't think I can cover all of that in one episode. But to just give you an idea, even for an NGO to work, so we need people in administration, right? And then we need people in accounting. We need people uh, handling fundraising and finances. We need operations managers. Uh, we need program officers who would go out into the field and work, just like me. But that, that's just a small team I'm talking about. Outside, we also have people in academia, people um, doing policy research. We have policy analysts. We have people working in global think tanks. We even have people from architecture and design and especially towards human-centric design, making sure that their products are actually catering the, the communities that they're serving. So it's a huge, vast range. So there's a lot that we can do in the sector. That's great. It seems to be humongous list of opportunities for somebody who can really explore. Maybe what I would say, if they want to explore, they have to start doing some research. That way they can be cognizant of the various opportunities that are available in this area. 
now let's talk some myth about the work that you guys do right because i'm not sure about the income i do not want to comment on that but people think differently right once you graduate and especially in the society like india right success is measured by how much you earn right and how much famous you are we are not matured stage wherein these people that are working in humanitarian sector are being appreciated right so probably you may want to share or burst the myths about the work that you guys do right so yes i, I feel like people still have a very limited understanding of humanitarian sector in itself for one i keep getting asked you know since you're working with an ngo um, all you do is charity right you give people free food free clothes and free gifts and i just want to immediately correct them and tell them that there's so much more it's not charity in fact there's a lot of subtle behavioral change that happens in the uh, sector so for example when we go to a community and we sense that there's an, a lack and a need for example a girl child is not going to school so we explore um, with the girl and her family and the community around why is this happening why is she not going to school so for one it could just be a lack of interest but that's very rare in most cases it's because they don't have the correct infrastructure to support them towards going to school um they don't have public toilets for example uh they don't have proper roads they don't have right now with online classes they don't even have mobile phones to be able to access online classes so there's a lot of need and a lack that prevents them from um doing the things that they actually want to do so our work is mostly geared towards changing those to make those systems more accessible for the people to pursue their dreams you know we do we don't just give them out freebies and hope that things will change because that's not sustainable so that's i think one of the biggest myths that i see in my own work another example is there are a lot of disabled people in the communities that we work with and uh, most of the times they don't have the access that they need um in order to be able to go to school or to college or to even work um for example not a lot of institutions have are, are wheelchair accessible for example and what about systems for mental health uh, what about people living with serious mental illness how much are they supported in work workplace i feel like all of these are questions that we really need to think deep about and i think the social sector helps us solve some of them no as you rightly mentioned people are uh, really unaware right in in terms of the kind of uh, background work that happens because only thing that is visible is about giving money or distribution of gifts blankets food especially on the special occasions and all but as you rightly pointed out if we talk about the limited infrastructure that we have in some rural parts of the country they are not even aware of how to build a toilet because they have been following that custom of visiting the nearby forest or nearby river side kind of thing just to attend their nature calls and all right and they are not aware of the hygiene factors and they are not even aware of the cost implications that are involved so in in my opinion probably it is more about spreading the awareness and as you rightly mentioned it is also about finding the root cause because in case if you can identify the root cause and come up with the proper countermeasure then definitely it is going to lead to a permanent solution but i would commend you and everybody that is part of this social sector or the humanitarian sector for all the great work that you guys have been doing so kudos to you as i said it requires a lot of passion and commitment without which you cannot even move forward some of the experts in this uh, sector like neetu sharma okay who leads this uh, foundation which was set up by dr kiran bedi and all and even their team and couple of our speakers okay who are based out of this delhi gurgaon area and all they have been trying hard in terms of 
educating the people or educating the children from the slums and they're seeing success after relentless efforts for over a decade and all wherein the students that they have educated are getting some good jobs and again they're joining hands and giving back to the community right so likewise the small steps that each one of you is taking right it is going to have a very bigger impact but the transformation is little slow we should not get bogged away those are my two cents and uh, keep up doing that uh, passionate work definitely every effort that you guys are putting in is going to yield into a great result which is going to transform the nation and transform the world at large so with that being said let me move on to my next question as every field is evolving like if you consider it we have this artificial neural networks artificial intelligence computer vision and many other technologies coming in similarly if we talk about the health sector right we are talking about robotic surgeons which are operating a ill patient and in addition to that we are also talking about 3d printing of human organs so likewise every sector is evolving and there are some new fields coming in so what are some of the new fields that are coming up in the social sector so yeah it, it that's completely true you know we constantly keep evolving as a society and i think as we're moving into the next sort of decade we are seeing that there's a complete shift in the landscape of careers you know we, we're not doing the same jobs and there's uh, the demand for the same jobs is not the same as it was about 10 years ago so likewise with the social sector a lot of things are changing for once i recently read an article in the atlantic they talked about how we have a whole care giving economy that's blooming now and this is different from care taking for example so when people think of caretaking they think oh you know those are the nurses or those are social workers who help people uh, who help old people for example or who help them who take care of their basic needs but it's so much more than that we have people we have behavioral change analysts who will work with people individually and help them transform their lives we have health coaches uh, we have personalized coaches for people and then when it comes to technology we're now starting to see apps for mental health because there is a huge need right now especially in the context of the pandemic where people's social lives and their mental health has been significantly impacted and people are looking for newer ways to enable people to access those services so right now we have uh, mental health apps that connect people to service providers to psychiatrists um, to psychologists who and there are crisis hotline right which you can reach out to in case you're in distress there are people who who on the other end also offer just um free conversations just a space a safe space for you to vent for you to talk about what's happening in your life in fact there are also there are also a lot of community apps that are developing now social apps where people can get together and perform common activities for fun i think that's that i think this is becoming a new trend now because people have realized the importance of community people realize that you know no matter how much you run for fame or success on your own you still depend on the people around you in order to flourish and they're starting to find meaning in helping other people around them to also grow and to also flourish so i think that some of the newer trends that we're seeing in in the field and i and i'm super excited to see what the field brings us you know in the, in the next couple of years maybe even in the next decade this seems to be very exciting set of activities set of trends that are taking birth i would say or that are coming into picture especially in the care giving economy and uh, i'll tell you one recent article that i came across right it was talking about uh, instant gratification generation right people of your age group and maybe younger than you right you don't 
have to stand in queue in order to withdraw money because we are in the UPI generation wherein you scan the barcode, make the payment. And similarly, you don't have to cook food. You have Zomatos and Swiggies. The moment you order, it comes at your doorstep. So is the case with the big basket growers. Unfortunately, I'm talking about the Indian scenario. For the global audience, excuse me, I could not talk about the alternatives that are available in your respective region. But these are all certain apps which have been built for the convenience. But that convenience is leading to instant gratification, which leads to least patience from these users or from these generation folks. So in this era of instant gratification and all, definitely this mental health is going to be a mainstream. So folks that are working on the other side and being part of this caregiving economy, definitely they are going to play a very vital role. And I'm very optimistic about it. In fact, it is much needed. So thank you so much for bringing that particular topic. I think this conversation has been very fantastic and very serious. We have been talking about the social sector, humanitarian part, how can we build a better society, so on and so forth. But at the same time, let's also add some spice to the episode. I would like to ask you a few interesting rapid fire questions, okay, wherein you can briefly answer them within two to three words or maximum one phrase. Are you ready, Kavya? Yes, I am. Perfect. Let me fire the first bullet out of the rapid fire. What is your favorite movie dialogue? This is definitely not from a movie, but it's from a series called Bojack Horseman. And it's called, there is no deep down. All we are is all we do. I love that. Wow. There is no deep down. All we have is all we do. Am I right? Wow. So profound. All right. So with that, let me move on to my next question. What is your favorite failure? Okay, this one's going to be a little long, but uh, when I was in Sweden, I remember I signed up for a meetup, which was actually towards 13 to 15-year-olds in Sweden, and I accidentally ended up there. So the, the entire conversation was in Swedish, and I didn't understand a word, but I ended up meeting some great people, so I think this was my favorite failure. That's quite interesting. I can imagine your situation. <laughs> All right, so let me move on to my next question. So, Kavya, can you reveal a hidden talent that no one knows about you? I can make some killer Maggie. Wow. Okay, so Maggie is nothing but one of the brands that sell noodles in India. And of course, it is available in other countries as well. All right. So, that's wonderful. I would definitely love to taste it when I happen to visit Bangalore. All right. Moving on to my next question. So, Kavya, what has been a question on your mind for which you never got an answer so far? I think it's how the human consciousness works. No matter how many tech talks I see, I don't get an answer. <laughs> I think one research area probably you may want to explore. All right. So that brings me to the last question for the rapid fire. What is one message that you'd like to give to your own younger version, younger Kavya? So I think one thing is that when I was younger, I used to want to do a lot of things on my own. So I used to just be folded up in my room. I used to read a lot of books, but I think one thing I want to tell my younger version is that you grow with the people around you. So it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to help people. It's okay to bring them into your fold. And a lot of change in society will happen if people get together and work towards the same cause. Wow, that's simply amazing. <laughs> All right. That was a quick rapid fire with so many profound thoughts around. With that, let me flip back to the mainstream and ask you one final question for today's session. So, Kavya, what will be your one piece of advice to those aspiring to make big in their careers? So, I'm not talking exclusively about the humanitarian sector, but in any other sector, 
I think we will succeed if we keep people in mind. You know, we all work with people, we work towards people. And so I think the future is people-centric design. So I think that's what motivates us to do our jobs well. And I think the money will automatically come. So just keep the people in your mind. Simply fabulous. Yeah, I resonate with you. But today we are talking about the artificial intelligence, the world of artificial intelligence. Imagine if robots are also equipped with emotional intelligence. <laughs> then the world will be full of emotions, right? Yeah, that's an exciting and terrifying possibility. Yeah. I concur with you. All right. So that was fantastic conversation that we had so far. And uh, thank you so much, Kavya for joining us today and being part of TGV's journey in shaping the lives and careers of millions across the globe. And it was a great topic that you have covered, career options in social work. In fact, um, we have discussed a lot of topics around the humanitarian sector and the trends. And in addition to that, one thing which stays with me is about the people aspect that you spoke about. The message that you have given to your own younger version and also the message that you are giving to the rest of the world saying that it is going to be a people-centric world. So try to be around with people. That was a very profound message. Thank you so much again for being part of TGV's journey. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure is ours. All right. So it brings us to the trivia segment of today's episode. So folks, today's trivia is about Google. And do you know what option does Google rely on moving their lawn? So instead of moving their lawn, Google rents goats to eat the grass at their Mountain View headquarters. And the interesting fact is, a herder will bring about 200 goats, which are herded by a border collie named Jen, and he is going to have the goats eat the grass and clear up the space. Interesting, isn't it? Thank you so much for listening. There is more in store, folks. Stay tuned. Take care. Be safe. Until next time, bye-bye. And we are signing off for today. See you all in the next episode with another wonderful guest. Mm-hmm.